Marine Corps veteran Matt DeMeo came up with the idea for a healthy nutrition bar while he was on active duty. And when he got out, started his nutrition company, Condition One. Coming up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Did you know that Navy Federal Credit Union serves more than just the Navy? In fact, they serve all branches of the military. For more info, go to NavyFederal.org. All right. Hey, good morning, Matt. Today we're talking with uh, Marine veteran Matt DeMeo, creator of the nutrition company Condition One. Matt, looking forward to hearing what you're doing with uh, with your entrepreneurial venture in, uh, in new, uh, Condition One. Um, I've had a couple other nutrition companies on here, but um, it's always great when you when you get a, a military guy that starts one himself and is running it himself. So looking forward to that. Uh, before we get into all that, take us back and tell us what you did in the Marine Corps. So I served from uh, 2004 to 2008. Um, <clears throat> served in the infantry, so 311. Um, yeah, so I, uh, let's see. I mean, that's that's kind of the precursor of what started this whole thing is being in the field mm-hmm. and always having some kind of snack, uh, you know, Cliff Bar, Metrics Bar. I'd, I'd actually have two in my, in my day pack or cargo pocket. And I was in Africa when the kind of idea came to me and it was like, who is making something that is designed for our needs in the field as Marines, mm-hmm. right? Because I would have, I'd have my metrics for the, for the, for the protein and I would have my, uh, my cliff bar for the, for the uh, carbohydrates. And I wanted something more substantial, more stout. You know, I mean, you know, if anybody that's, you guys are in the military and we get away with it when we're young. Our diets are terrible in the military. They're absolutely terrible. I mean, you we, mean the we MREs were cutting it for you? MREs. If, if we even stop to eat the MREs, we're living off of Copenhagen, you know, <laughs> kind of honey butter pancake, rip fuel and tons of caffeine. I mean, that's kind of how we're feeding ourselves and we're getting away with it because we're young. Yep. Um, and that was a problem that I saw too that uh you know the 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 even the MREs they're uh they're not bad i mean i had my favorite chicken and salsa right mm, yeah. uh, but uh they're they're filled with fat and and preservatives so the mission for me was let's what's something that is portable stout and will hold us over when we're in the field because another thing too when you're on patrol you can't always just stop and eat an mre Mm -hmm. for me i'm always grazing when i'm in the field even now if i'm in the mountains if i'm hiking you know i'm always snacking on something which is what you should be doing so um you know the idea stayed with me for a while um even after i'd gotten out and it just kind of, I molded over for probably a couple of years before I started executing on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love that story. I mean, we've even seen it in movies where somebody in the military comes up with the idea and talks about it with their buddies. And you're actually one yeah. of the few that got out and actually executed on your idea. So it's awesome. Well, it's, it took a while. It took a while. Um, you know, the transition was, um, was not immediate. It, it, it was, it was, it's a bumpy road when you yeah. get out. So what, what you was know? your transition like initially? Did you get out and get a normal job or, or go to school or what? 
I got out and went to college. Um, first, I studied criminal justice. Uh, then I switched to business. Um, and I worked a lot of odd jobs in my early 20s, right? Mm-hmm. I worked for MTV, which is cool. I did real estate. Um, then I went the corporate route and worked for Cablevision Communications in a cubicle, which is just personally the most soul-sucking thing I've ever done. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible, you know, because um, it's just it's just so mundane, yeah. right? Um, and and uh, after that, I worked for a tech startup in Manhattan, which was a lot more fun. I enjoyed the the, the startup space, and I did that simultaneously while doing condition one. So I was kind of doing condition one part-time for a while mm-hmm. and doing the tech startup thing. And then finally I said, okay, I'm going to do this full time. Yeah. What, what were some of your biggest misconceptions in the beginning about starting a business? Misconceptions. Um, you know, I didn't. Or did you get lucky and just execute perfectly from the beginning? Absolutely not. There was, <laughs> I, I've, I've been continuously failing and fumbling my way forward. Uh-huh. Um, I have gotten lucky with having really awesome people around me yeah. um, because that has been one of the, the things that's really pressed this company forward is the team that's come together and the mentors that I've had. Um, and that's something I, I certainly recommend anybody looking to start a business do get a mentor find someone with relevant experience to your business, which is key and critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and just pick their brain as often as you can. Yeah. More of the, the who concept, not how. Yeah. And yeah. so from the beginning, did, did you realize what your shortcomings were and you, you, you got, you tapped into people that knew what they were doing and, and mentors Surround yourself with good folks, because a lot of a lot of times the mistake, especially military people, they make the mistake of, I need to learn how to do everything, and they they try to do all things and become, you know, consequently not yeah. really good at much of anything. And I I did that one thing I, I knew going into this, I knew I didn't know. That's all I knew. I don't know how to do this. Yeah. I've never done it before, and that's the only thing I knew. <clears throat> and in the beginning, I wore every hat. Mm-hmm. Right. I, 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 you know, I went into it and luckily I had a passion for the creative aspect. I liked photography. So I learned it. Well, I liked art. So I learned photography to take product shots mm-hmm. of the bar. I learned how to use a light box. I learned how to use Adobe, you know, but then there are things that I absolutely hated, which was, you know, Excel, but I had to learn how to get better Excel to do my projections. Right. Um, so in the beginning I wore all the hats and then slowly, um, I was able to let go of one. And the first thing I did was I, I outsourced my shortcomings. And, and um, awesome. for me, that was, it was, it was the, the mundane things, the admin stuff that, that really, for, for me, that's my shortcoming is organization, right? Mm-hmm. I have ADHD too. So mm-hmm. um, little tasks for me can be like monuments, like huge deals. Yeah. So, you know, once I was able to, that was, that was off my plate. So I could focus on more things like the creative, the decisions. Um, I remember when I first started the company, it was, it was, you know, right here in my apartment and um, I would be at this very desk. And I remember just getting to the point where I was just, I had a printer 
I had my laptop and I had the bars that I would go pick up from the bakery and I would have to write out all the labels and then, or type them out, print them and put them on the box and ship them out. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't wait to buy the zebra zebra label printer. <laughs> yeah. It was like my first goal just to get this, this zebra labor label printer. So I didn't have to type out all the addresses. Mm-hmm. I could just hit print and I had print station and I, you know, it was like the first mundane thing that I wanted to get rid of. And then after that, I remember I'd have to then take all my boxes and then bring them to the post office. So I'd load up, you know, I'd put the maybe five or 10 orders that I'd have in my car and I'd drop them off at the post office. And then I remember thinking, man, I can't wait until the time when I can have, you know, a, a uh, postman come pick up these boxes from my doorstep. Right. Um, so then eventually we moved the operation to my friend's office and yeah. we got to that point where I could just have postmen pick up the boxes from, from, you know, the doorstep. Yeah. Um, you know, and now, now we have our own fulfillment the things have grown quite a bit, but it was just like these little tiny things that, you know, I was looking forward to letting go of. Yeah. I can, I can certainly relate to that because my wife have been, and I have been Amazon sellers for many years. And it, I remember when we got the label maker and I remember right. the, the first time we had, the UPS guy show up and take boxes for us instead of us having to drive to the post office or the UPS store. Um, some, th- those are big steps, you know, it's like good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, you know, the, the health and nutrition space, and, and I know this from being an Amazon seller, um, the health nutrition space is, jam packed. I mean, there's a ton of people in the game. Super, super saturated. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so did you know that going into it? Cause like we always stayed away from it as far as selling some kind of product on Amazon in that space, just cause the competition was so, uh, so ferocious on Amazon itself. So I guess my first question is, um, why is that space so packed? It must be because people are looking for something healthy to eat, but I'm, I'm suspecting that most of the things are, that are being pitched to us about being healthy for us aren't really, aren't really doing it for us. So people keep you looking for other there, things. I mean, there's, there's, there's tons of great supplement companies out there. Mm-hmm. There, there are some really good ones, you know? Um, and yeah, going, in, but going into entry question about going into the, into this venture, um, did I really know? No, I didn't really know. I, you know, I went into this like so wide eyed and almost unrealistic. You know, I didn't, I wouldn't say I did like a proper market research or proper reconnaissance. I had an idea mm-hmm. and I very in the beginning blinded by that idea. And there were some sobering awakenings um, throughout this journey, you know, that, that were real wake up calls like, holy shit. Okay. Um, but I still, it, it, it just got me to think differently and more creatively, if anything. Um, and I think one thing you have to do too, when you do go into these, these ventures is there's, you gotta have, you know, if you have the idea and you have the vision and you feel like once you learn about the marketplace, it still fits in there. You do kind of have to have some blinders on and just swim in your own lane. Mm-hmm. you know, 
and not worry about it. Just work, focus on what you're doing. Um, so I would say, you know, anybody that's going into it, don't let it be a deterrent. Just have a realistic expectation of what you have to do. And for me, it was, okay, once I realized how saturated things were, how am I going to stand out? How is condition one going to stand out amongst all the competition? And that was the focus point after I had that sobering moment. And that sobering moment came really when I was, um, I'd started the company and I went to a bakery, this bakery barn. They were a massive manufacturer in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, the owner had contacted me uh, because he had, ABC had done a story on condition one when we first started. They found us online. We were, you know, we were a veteran-owned company, so they mm-hmm. wanted to, to, to do a little bit on us. So I, I went over to this massive manufacturer and um, he makes bars for everyone. I mean, lean body, fit crunch, combat crunch. Like he probably makes at least a hundred different brands wow. in this facility. And the guy can knock out like 10,000 bars in four hours. <laughs> right. And we're talking massive, massive assembly lines. That's pretty right? cool. So I went there and I'm, I mean, he's, and he's giving me the bird's eye view. Yeah. of what the landscape looks like, you know, and he, he wants to help me cause I'm a veteran. So, um, so that's when it really, it, it hit me. Um, I give him my recipe and I have to conform obviously cause we're making it a small bakery. Um, it has to conform to his, his method of man, manufacturing. Like this is how I do it. I got these million dollar assembly lines. I'm not going to change the way I make a bar. So this is how we're going to make it a bar. Sure. Right. And this is, how the bar space works, right? Um, so I get the product back and it's just not, it's not what I'm producing. It's not, it's not what I made. It's huh. he made my version or yeah. his version of my deal, you know? And when I was sending the bars to my buddies in Afghanistan, I was getting great feedback back. Hey, this tastes good. It keeps me like, it keeps me going in the field. Yeah. And that was the moment I really decided to do this was when I got the feedback from my buddies. So I didn't want to compromise that at all. Um, and then I also realized like the competition is fierce. There's a lot out there, mm-hmm. right? What am I going to do? And if, if anything, if I'm going to stand out, I can't be like everybody else. I can't just be another one of his brands. Right. I can't. Right? And there was an opportunity he presented me. It was a really nice opportunity. He's going to be credit. He was going to do the whole first run on, on, on the arm. Um, he was going to help me get into distribution. But then I was like, what, what is really going to distinguish my brand from all the other guys? Then I'm just going to be fighting on the shelves with everybody else. Right. So I took a step back and I said, you know what? I I appreciate it. I'm just going to make my bars when people order them from my site. Like I've been making them fresh because they're going to stay the same. And that's when I realized, you know what? I can be different that way. I can be, we can be the bars that have the highest standard of quality because they're made fresh and they're made, you know, right when they order, order them. Yeah. Um, and there was that difference when I was eating my bars versus the bars he made. It was a stark contrast. And that's when I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be different. Cool. All right, I want to talk more about that, but hold that thought. We're going to be right back. When you hear the name Navy Federal Credit Union, you probably think that it's just for members of the U.S. Navy. 
In fact, Navy Federal Credit Union serves all branches of the armed forces. They even serve the families and service members and veterans of all branches. I still have the same Navy Federal Bank account that I opened 31 years ago when I entered the Marine Corps. They're experts in military finances. They get you. They empathize with members' lives and go above and beyond to make sure they don't miss out on financial opportunities. When it comes to buying a car, Navy Federal knows it's a big investment. That's why they offer rates as low as 1.79% APR on new vehicles, along with flexibility with monthly payments and terms. And now, when you refinance your auto loans from another lender, members could save and get $200. Get decisions in seconds and start saving with Navy Federal Credit Union. To earn and save more as a member, learn more at NavyFederal.org. Navy Federal is federally insured by NCUA. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Rates subject to change and based on credit worthiness. So your rate may vary. Refinance loan must be at least $5,000 to be eligible for the $200. Terms and conditions apply. All right, back talking with Marine veteran Matt DeMeo from uh, the creator of the nutrition company Condition One. So, Matt, I, I want to go back just a l- little ways. When, when, you first, when you got the first run with the guy who made 100 other bars at his facility, you, you said it, it was noticeably different than the ones you've been making you know, as a on-demand kind of product, but what was the, what, how, how, how did he have to make them differently? Was it, would he have to change the ingredients or put more preservatives in it or what, what was different about it? Great question. So, um, when, when I was getting the landscape, the overview of the bar space, right. I, he, he kind of said, this is how you do things, right? This is the expectation of the marketplace. Your bar needs to be able to go from this, this plant, to a distributor, to a warehouse or a stock room to the shelf. And it's going to be anywhere from, you know, five to 10 months before your customer eats this bar. So it has to have this shelf life. Really? Yeah. So, um, and then on top of that, there were little nuances in taste and, and just the, the way he manufactured it. We, we bake everything fresh. He, we use ground flaxseed. Um, he couldn't get, there was a, a part of his assembly line where certain ingredients couldn't get baked. Only one layer of the bar could get baked, which, um, so the layer of the bar that he couldn't bake had the ground flaxseed in it. And if you ever had flaxseed raw, it tastes like grass. <laughs> so it's not good. Yeah. So from a, from a freshness standpoint, from a taste and flavor standpoint, it wasn't the same. It just, it was completely different. And for, for me, um, and also to some of the ingredients at his scale weren't available. Um, so we wanted to make sure that, uh, we could just have the best possible bar taste, you know, nutrition wise, um, quality overall and, and not have to pack it with a million preservatives or dry it out to where you're eating, you know, a piece of cardboard. Yeah. And that's when I decided I don't want to be in a warehouse to a stock room, to a store shelf. I can just, I can, I can send this directly to my customers. Wow. Now what, what, what was this guy? What did this guy think about that? When, when you told him you weren't going to have him make them? Um, I didn't give him, I didn't give him the details of really what I was doing. I just, I thanked him for his time, for his offer. He was a nice guy. You know, um, he, he, he wanted to help me. So I, I really appreciated that. Um, 
And I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back. I, it's, you know, the product is not what I'm used to mm-hmm. and what I wanted. He said, okay, but you know, this is how things work. I said, no problem. I appreciate it. And that was that. Yeah. I mean, it kind of a gutsy move because it would have been tempting to just roll in with this guy who knew everything about the bar business and jump in with all the other hundred the way the hundred other guys were doing it. But you know, <laughs> you, you chose to go a different way. So how's it, you know, how's I, it been working out? And recently good, recently very good. We've had a really, really explosive year that I'm, that I'm very happy with. Um, the team has come together, so we've been growing. Uh, you know, one thing I was really worried about, um, just being, you know, going the other route was not again, differentiating myself and only being different because we're veteran owned. Mm-hmm. And that was a big, that was a big thing for me. I didn't want to just be bought because we're veteran owned, yeah. but because we really were substantially different in the marketplace. Sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so tell us, give us some more details about the bars. Like, yeah. Um, wow. Where, where do I start? Uh, flavors. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, yeah, so we have, I mean, we have, we have an array of flavors. We have our, our lemon poppy seed, which is if you've ever had the lemon poppy seed pound cake in the emery, yep. that's where the flavor idea came from, right? We uh, have our apple cinnamon, um, we have our uh, our chocolate coconut, um, and then our two new flavors are our blueberry and our cranberry orange, and then we have some seasonal flavors. We do the pumpkin spice because we're a little bit basic, yeah. But uh, you get Tabasco flavor. <laughs> Not, not yet. Everybody's always fighting should. to get the Tabasco in the, uh, in the MRE. Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, so feedback then, from the field, um, a lot of military guys are, have been uh, testing and, and using your products. So. Yeah. Yeah. We've had them in the field. I mean, we've, we've had, we've had them go out to a lot of APO addresses since we've, since we've been in business. Uh-huh. Um, and we always get great feedback, but they're, they're made. So I worked with, when I first started the company, um, I actually consulted with an NSW nutritionist out in Coronado mm-hmm. and she is the one that helped me frame out the macro in, ingredients and the nutritional facts. And this is how much protein you need. This is how many calories should be in the bar, carbohydrates, fats, um, and also steered me to, you know, the different ingredients we use. So we use, you know, um, extra virgin coconut oil for good, healthy, fast burning fats, organic oats, ground flaxseed, real eggs, um, oat flour, brown rice flour, uh, and of course, whey protein. So you're getting a very balanced meal mm-hmm. with 380 calories, 25 grams of protein, 10 grams of fat, and 44 grams of carbs. So it's it will hold you over. It's stout. And it'll keep you pressing when you're in the field. Yeah, no kidding. And, and you can pretty much ship anywhere to in the, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We ship in the U S so, you know, if you order, we'll have your bars made and shipped probably any, in anywhere from 24 to 48 hours. And, and you're really, even to this day, you're still, you're still making them on demand. You're not, you know, yeah. so it's, all, it's, just, it's all volume. It's all volume. I mean, we're, we have bars make made every day. So they're just going out. Granted, it doesn't work where like you press a button, we get an order yeah. and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're making your bars, but we're, we're making bars every day. So they're just going out. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So what are, now that you're, now that That's you're good. successful, <laughs> um, 
what are some of the big lessons you learned? I mean, you spoke of a couple of them already about, I, I, I pretty much knew I didn't know anything about what I was about to jump into. So you grabbed people that could help you. And that's, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that don't ever learn that lesson. Um, you learned it from, you know, from the beginning, but what are some of the other lessons learned that you can think of as far as if you're talking to those veterans out there, guys still in the military wanting to get their business started? What are some of the big ticket items that you learned along the way that you didn't know about before you started? Yeah. Uh, well, I think on that in a second. Um, I mean, one, you just got to get started, right? I, mm -hmm. I, I, um, I hemmed and hawed over the idea for a while and I just, yeah. you know, get started. Don't, um, it sounds so cliche. Don't wait for things to be perfect. Get your minimal viable product, go and press and then start, yeah. you know, learning the feedback you get from the marketplace and massaging and developing your product that way. Right. Cause that's really important. Right. Oh yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that never get to step one because they keep thinking about it and tweaking it and trying to get it to, they're almost scared to show it to anybody, whatever that idea may, may be because they don't, they're worried about failure or whatever. But um, well, I think, I think that's it. And you know, that's something for me too, that I still do sometimes, you know, when, it, when it's something, when you have a dream, you want to keep a dream alive and reality can really poke holes in that dream, you know? And sometimes that daydream it's just that, but don't let whatever your idea is to be, you got to start executing and it may fail. Fine. Like that, that could be a really good thing. There are so many failures I've had in this business. Um, you know, a big one I had really big one and it, it just came because I did, wasn't experienced. Um, it was right when I went full time with this company, I, I, um, I, left my, my, uh, my, my job at the tech startup in Manhattan. And, uh, I started just knocking on gym doors. I said, I'm going to go full time with this and I'm going to start selling to CrossFit gyms. So that's what I would do. I'd go knock, you know, show up to a gym. Hey, can I sample my bars here? Right. I would just show up. Can I, yep. can I, can you, can your, uh, members try my bars? So I, I started growing the company and that was working. And I was like, okay, this is working. This is great. Gyms are buying my bars. I was, I was yeah. selling just so many gyms in Manhattan, Queens, and Brooklyn. It was really great. It was exciting. I got to the point where I grew, I outgrew the little bakery in Brooklyn I had. So I had to go find another place. And we found this place in upstate New York and I showed up and it was an old cookie factory. <laughs> the, Grandfather had started it, had started it, and the, you know the kids and grandkids were running it now. Yeah, um, and they also had a bottling site where they did like sauces and stuff. But this whole massive factory wasn't being used; they just relied on canning and bottling. And I was enamored. It had a sixty-foot band oven, massive mixers. Like I was like, I can grow my business here. I could set up fulfillment over there. So now I'm not filling things anymore. They had people, manpower. I was like, this is gonna work. Well, very long story short, it didn't, it, it failed miserably. Um, <laughs> one time I showed up to do a production run. They had no power, <laughs> had no power. Um, and I said, well, what's going on? Well, so I ended up having to pay the electric bill. They had the oven go down. Um, and this was after I, I, I went to Expo West and gotten distribution for the bar. The oven goes down. Um, and 
you know, I get, I, I, I basically, I asked them what's going on. So we got to get a part from China. We're going to get it. Well, over five weeks go by. I've been emailing all my customers, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting refunds or we, you know, we have issues with equipment. Well, they just didn't have money to fix the oven and they didn't, you know, mm. they gave oh, well, we got to get the part from China, this and that. Um, and I thought my business was done. Like five, five weeks have gone out and orders are going out. I got customers emailing me. Like I wanted to crawl in a, in a fucking hole right. and just, you know, call it. Um, but that happened, that happened because I didn't have the experience to know what questions to ask going into that place. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to look for. Right. And it, it failed miserably. Now, luckily I, I, I realized, okay, if, if there is any hope, then I have to, I have to find somewhere else and I have to find somewhere else fast. And I did that. And for a while I had to hunker the business down, um, be quiet, not do any marketing and really work out how I'm going to scale this order bake ship process, this delicious on demand process and make it work on a, on a larger scale. So that was my first lesson because I had these great ideas on how, yeah, we're just going to make bars as, as, as we need to and not fully think full, fully think out the process of what the growth of that looks like right. and find the right place to actually do that and execute this, this, this idea. Um, so massive, massive failure and almost put me out of business. Yeah. Tough lesson. Well, Hey, uh, we're getting close to the end of our time. So how do we find condition one bars? Sure. Uh, go condition one.com, uh, go condition one, Instagram, uh, go condition one, Facebook. Um, yeah. Awesome. All right. One last question. If if you're talking to yourself or anybody else that's still in the military or on their way out transitioning, they're looking to, they got an idea, looking to start their own business, get into entrepreneurship. What kind of advice comes to mind? Start, just do it. Just get going. Don't wait. Don't think about it. Don't him and hard start and, and start aggressively and start learning fast, failing and, uh, and look for that mentor. Look for that mentor. All right. Yeah. Well, Hey Matt, great story. Uh, looking forward to seeing your future success out there and, uh, keep, keep hacking away at it. You're doing awesome. And, uh, um, appreciate you sharing the success story. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You bet. All right. These two, these two Marines are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to veteran on the move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.